again. It's been two weeks since the first episode of The Sweet Spot on a Farm with John McCormick of Hans Bay Organic Gardens. Um, I got some really good feedback since then for which I'm really grateful and I do thank everyone who listened to it and I hope you'll enjoy the second one just as much. If you haven't listened to the first one then this is a podcast in which I'm gonna take you on a little journey on which you learn about healthy eating but it's not just about healthy eating. Um, I've been learning about healthy food and lifestyle for a while now on my own. And this time I wanted to go a little bit further. And I wanted to learn about organic farming, healthy food production, what makes healthy food healthy and why. And pretty much everything related to vegetables and healthy lifestyle, healthy living. I will be learning about all of this from the best of the best in Ireland and I want to take you on a journey with me. So I hope um, you'll enjoy it and you'll learn something new and useful. Now, two weeks ago, I was on a farm. Today, I'm going to take you to a little cafe. And before we start, I have to apologize for the quality of the sound. You can imagine that a little cafe with glass front, tiled floors and almost bare walls is not a particularly great place to record anything. You may hear um, the staff coming into work, so you'll hear the door, you'll probably hear some chairs moving around at some point, you might hear counting coins, uh, the fridge humming in the background pretty much all the time, but... I wanted to record the podcast in a place in which my two guests would feel comfortable and at home. So I'm really sorry. Um, I hope you will not let that put you off um, because I had a really good time with my two guests and we were talking about healthy food, the food industry and also about veganism, the growing topic of recent years. I hope you will enjoy it and over to Michael and John now. Oh, hello and welcome to episode two of the Sweet Spot on the Farm um, podcast. Um, today it's um, another special episode with special guests actually. Today I'm, I'm a bit outnumbered because I have two guests sitting here with me and um, these guys are um, doing something really special. There are not many places in Belfast where I personally can go and eat. In fact, there are only two places in Belfast I can go with confidence, have a meal knowing that it will be healthy and it will not make me ill in any way. And this place is one of them. So I'd like to introduce you to John and Michael from the Honest Vegan. Hello, Hello guys. Hello. Hello. We are sitting in the Honest Vegan right now and on the way here I was thinking a lot about what is behind the title of Honest Vegan, why Honest? Okay, do you want me to yeah. take that one? Okay, so we, uh, we used to have a business called That Vegan Cafe um, in Belfast and that worked out really well but we quickly outgrew the, the size of the, um, the cafe and we had an opportunity to move over to the Lisburn Road and their previous site was owned by um, a company called Raw Food Rebellion. And so when we had the chance to do that after being trading for six months, we had the opportunity to reflect on our name and what we want to do with the business and where we wanted to go. Whenever we first started um, that vegan cafe, uh, 
I didn't really know of any other vegan places to eat and I found it a real struggle to go into a restaurant, go into a cafe, explain veganism to people um, who didn't know, um, have something to eat, but be really concerned all the time about how was that mushroom prepared, was it prepared with garlic butter in the morning, was it marinated in this, was it marinated in that, and to have to constantly go in and have something to eat and have the challenge back on the level of knowledge of the server, I just found it a real struggle. And then through the first six months or so of us having the vegan cafe, a lot of places started to pop up offering vegan options. Bars started to do tofu fish and all these different types of things, which we thought was great because it meant that I could go and eat somewhere else because you don't always just want to eat in your own establishment. And at the same time, I had to go through it all over again. So we went in and where is this fried? Is this fried in the same oil as your meat or your sausages? And often it was. So we have never had any meat. We've never had any dairy. We've never had any honey in any of our menus. And that to me is where the term, first of all, honest comes from. As people know when they come in here that they never have to challenge what we do. They never have to challenge our ingredients. That it's pure. Um, it's healthy. Uh, but it's also, it's nice and it's good soul food. And even though that is our title, people still do come in and they still say, are you sure everything's vegan? <laughs> you know, it's, but you know, and that's, that's where they're coming from. That's where I come from too. It's constantly have to go in and challenge in places and make absolutely sure because, you know, they're your principles, they're your beliefs, they're your dietary needs, you know, and we want people when they come here to really feel like this is honestly vegan food. And that, that's really where it came from. You talk so passionately oh, I love about it. it. Yeah. So I take it you are vegan or you're not both vegan, are you? Um, no, I'm, I'm vegan. So I've been vegetarian, I think, for about four or five years and then moved into veganism uh, about three years ago. And yeah, I just, I just wouldn't go back. I just wouldn't go back, you know. People become vegans for different reasons. Mm -hmm. What was your reason? Was it dietary? Was it health? Or was it beliefs? It was, well, it started off with health. Um, I developed um, an illness very suddenly about five years ago and it couldn't be diagnosed. And it often left me incapacitated. I couldn't leave home. Um, and it took well, about six to nine months really to, for it to get diagnosed what was actually happened. Um, but during them um, six to nine months, because they didn't know what was happening, as people often do, you go on to the internet and you start to try and self-diagnose and things like this. And so I said, the first thing I'll knock out is caffeine. And then the next thing was, I can't really remember, it was probably dairy and things like this. And I would love to be able to say that by doing that, suddenly I was cured. Um, but that wasn't the case. However, because I had to be at home for so much, so long, I started to watch all the documentaries. And I started to see things like, you know, how chickens are treated, how they're, you know, they're in such small living quarters, how they don't have any kind of freedom. You know, and for me, my friends were all still going out and going to bars and doing all their fun things, and often I couldn't do it. And I felt very isolated, I felt very um, closed in in my home. and. I started to feel a certain sense of empathy for creatures that don't have a, don't have freedom at all to do what they want to do, 
and it started to really just connect with me that, well, how can I do this? How can I how can I understand what's happening um, to creatures out there and the life and the, what we're doing to them? How can I have any empathy for them if I continue to contribute to their pain and their suffering? And I genuinely did feel better from going for becoming vegan, um, but I felt better on the inside about my choices in life and. Often we can't, people can't make a huge contribution to the world to make the world better and to me that's a very small contribution that I could make. Michael, you are not vegan. No. Yet. No. <laughs> what, what is your journey like and do you think you're on, on the way to become vegan and what's your reasons for being yeah. plant-based? Well, I'm, yeah, I'd say plant-based um, and the reasons are, you know, ephemeral perhaps, but um, you know, I always had, I was actually a big proponent of the paleo diet before this, which is funny. Um, but uh, I always felt that I wasn't doing myself any favors consuming animals that had been the byproduct of a heavily industrialized and medicated with antibiotics. But then it was just so difficult to actually get like organic meat and also kind of too expensive and stuff like that. So that was always on the back of my mind. and. Um, and then just one day I was just basically one day then I found it a YouTube channel, a guy called the Whole Food Hiker, because my passion is long distance hiking. And um, he basically talks about how when you do long distance hiking you might need to take like five thousand calories a day, but basically people are eating like loads of Pop Tarts and, you know, lots of junk food, which they used to say is actually good food for and he just put a different spin on it saying if you actually take give your body what it actually wants and needs, you can actually take less calories in a sense and it'll be better for you you're out here having this this multi-month experience of hiking but yet you actually doing yourself any favors so uh, so that sort of rung a bell with me and then finally i came across this internet channel called nutritionfacts.org and it basically goes through all the medical um, studies that are released in english and if they're interested they make a video on them so when you just look at the evidence, you know, the evidence is strongly pushing away from milk, dairy, meat. So that's it. At the minute, I'm just trying to optimize for evidence-based nutrition. But that's how I got here. You're clearly both really passionate about food and about healthy food, about healthy choices. Um, what's your background though? Because I take it you haven't always been cafe owners or, or chefs. Or what did no. you do before, John? Uh, for me, I was I managed retail um, for twelve years or so, and you know I might even still effectively be going back that um, part time. We don't know yet, um, but yeah, I mean I, I moved away from that as quickly as possible because we went to the vegan festival year just over a year ago, and for me. You know, none of my friends are vegan. You know, um, at that stage, and I really felt like this was a very small affair. There wasn't a huge amount of people out. I didn't join Facebook groups and things like that. And I'm still not really on a lot of the Facebook groups. Um, but when I went to the festival and I had a two and a half hour queue to get in, and if over five thousand people had went to the Ulster Hall, you know, I looked around and went, Do you know what? There is, more, there are more vegans here, and maybe this is something that I could really get involved in and do and that's why we launched the first cafe uh, it was just by going to that festival so 
no. You have two choices in life, you know, when it comes to your employment and your career. And the first one is you can spend your whole life making money for somebody else. You can spend your whole life making money for a corporation. Um, or you can have your own business, employ people, give them a little bit of a, of a step up and try and deliver service that you want to deliver, not what you've been instructed to deliver by another employer. So that's really... That's how, that's how I got here. Well, I take it having retail experience really helps. Uh, you, you, would th you would think so. Uh, the food business is very, 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 very different. It is, it's incredibly challenging, incredibly challenging. Um, but certainly from a customer service point of view, uh, being able to connect with people, uh, maybe it does help, I don't know, but I just love talking to people anyway, so it's just my, my nature, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Michael, what is your background? Me, I'm a self-employed software developer. So basically, um, yeah, no experience really. Well, I used to work in a sandwich bar when I was 17. Yeah, so did I. That's yeah. my yeah. only yeah. experience with food, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, being self-employed, it gives me a bit more freedom to try and, you know, help expand the business in certain ways. How did you get involved in, in The Honest Vegan? It's, it's quite different game as a software developer and <laughs> yeah. well just being in John's orbit really you know um, sort of he's my brother so just helping him do bits and pieces and then I say you get certain points you can make a decision to get more heavily involved or not from Michael's point of view you know I'm like sometimes I'm an excitable bunny and I want to do this 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 and from Michael's point of view Michael's very very pragmatic you know and he's very logically thinking software developer he's very process driven and you know you need somebody to tame you sometimes to bring you back down to earth you know ultimately it is a business you know and michael's he's very 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 good at that i'd be it wouldn't be a business without him there's no way yeah. what's it like working with a family so far it's been good yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although there's always that there's always that five percent chance it's gonna go off like but um, So we actually had a fight this morning. Oh yeah we did, yeah we we did. Well it wasn't a fight like it was yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an abrupt conversation probably. Um, it's learning to quickly get over it and get on to the next Oh week. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean you're always gonna have a difference of opinions and when you're equal partners in something, um, you've gotta to learn to compromise, you've gotta to learn to sometimes sit back and go, well, you know, everything he says to me is the best intentions for me, best intentions for the business, and I'm the same. So you've always got to, no matter what, if you feel differently about something, you've got to sit back and reflect on that. You know, reflection is really, really important. Mindfulness is really, really important for me. And that helps me being able to sit back and go, okay, well, actually, where's Michael coming from when he says these things? And how does, what, what is his motivation for that? And it's always to help me. It's always to help the business. It's always to help us prosper. And uh, yeah, he's great. I feel like getting a hug now. That's okay. Do it later. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, veganism is quite, it's, it's now becoming very popular. And I feel that sometimes people become vegan because it's in rather than because it's a dietary mm. lifestyle choice. And over the past few years, I've met vegans with different backgrounds and different beliefs. But what I came across quite often is that a lot of vegans tend to be very 
sort of preachy and I and I and, mm-hmm. and I met with a lot of resentment for me not being vegan and yet writing about vegan plant-based food and and, and for not being plant-based because of my beliefs but because of my health and on the other hand I met a lot of vegans who are incredibly encouraging and, and helpful and, and supportive. What is your experience like? What has it been like for you becoming vegan? A multi-pronged answer for that one. Um, I think that what you've got to do is you've got to challenge the stereotypes and for us in this business it's really important that we find a way to challenge them stereotypes without um, closing the door to anybody and if you ask a non-vegan like my personal trainer and he's a big meathead and you ask him what, whenever you think of a vegan what do you think of you know and he'll come off with like a hippie and this sort of stuff and they'll go from people being a hippie to people being crazy militant they won't listen to people um, it's this way or it's no way etc 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 and everybody comes from their everyone has their own pathway towards veganism uh, towards plant-based you know, I respect I respect them all, and I have a very different mentality, and that's why Michael being involved in the business really helped. Because obviously, Michael, you know, he's recently just moved away from eating meat. But for me, we we don't only cater for vegans here. We're probably 50 you know, fifty percent meat eating, fifty percent plant based vegan, and we have to have in here. And it's really important for me that it's it's a non judgmental, open place for people to come and eat. It's not a vegan forum, it's not a vegan welcome centre, it's a place for people who decide one day they want to have a dairy-free meal, one day they want to have a meat-free meal, and where are they going to go? We hope that they're going to come to us. And if they decide when they come and eat the food and they really like it and they post their review, that makes us feel great. But what you generally find is people start having conversations with you. People start having conversations with the table behind them. You know, which I've never seen before in a cafe or a restaurant that people, complete strangers, will start having conversations about why they're here, are you vegan, etc, etc, and it's brilliant. People will come up and they'll say, how did you make that tofu scramble, or how did you make that chili, and we tell everybody, anybody asks, the whole recipe's there for people, and we give sort of the hints and tips about how to do things easier, using nutritional yeast and things like that. Um, we have, like on a Monday, we meat-free Monday, which is a big institution across like the UK, everybody knows Meat Free Monday, and for us that's where a vegan can bring it. it it's buy one meal, get the second meal half price on a Monday, and that's for ideally for a vegan to eventually convince the non-vegan, look, why don't you come in? You're going to get your meal for half price. Let's just try it today, so that they can try the food and understand that they don't need the meat. We're not going to convince a lot of them people to go meat free for every day of their life, but. The mentality that we have is A, the meal is going to be hopefully healthier for their body for that one day. But secondly, if you take that one day, if you take all of these 50% of meat eaters who are eating a meat-free, dairy-free meal once a week, that over the years, God willing, that we're going to be in business, that's going to make our own small contribution to the greater good. Um, Some people out there feel that if you eat meat even on one day, you know, it's horrendous, and or six days, and you just because you, you don't eat meat in one day, you shouldn't be celebrated for that, etc., etc., and that it's horrendous that they still continue to eat meat, and that's a personal value. But for me, my own personal view, uh, I believe your view on it too, is you'll only educate people through good food, through challenging their preconceptions, through 
casual, informal conversation that they initiate, you don't. Um, if you if you judge somebody for who they are or their choices in an overly challenging way, they're not going to respond to you. They're not going to want to become part of your club. They're just going to say, well, I'm not talking to him again or I'm not going to go in and see him again. You know, shock therapy doesn't work. I'm a big believer in that. Uh, what does work is letting people know this is how easy it is. And there's a fantastic group, a vegan group, V-Kind, and like they go into Belfast and they'll bring down some of our tray bakes and loads of other information and they'll just approach people in Belfast City Centre and say, would you like this? Would you like to try this tray bake? And people try it and then after that they, they'll say, do you know that that's actually dairy free? And the people go, no, how did you do that? And then they'll start a conversation with them about the fact that you can have great taste in food that is dairy free. But more importantly than that, you can have great soul food that's dairy free and meat free. You can have a fantastic chili, you can have a big dirty burger sometimes. You know, all the things that you feel like you're gonna miss, you can have. So yeah, uh, vegans come from many different pathways and everybody has their journey to how they got here. And everyone has their own beliefs about how they can make their own contributions and uh, where I'm not really in the wouldn't want to judge anybody for, for that. What about you, Michael? How, how has your journey been so far? And, and have you ever met with any a scepticism towards you becoming plant-based or, or resentment um, from the vegan community? Uh, no, no, no. I don't really have any um, involvement as such with the vegan community. I think it's interesting that the more I talk about the things that are happening in my life, the people around me, I find out that oh, this person's vegan or that person's vegan or they've been vegetarian for 20 years and yeah. just when you start talking about that and stuff, you actually, you're actually able to connect with strangers in a way because I think it's a lot more common than you think. But the journey so far, um, I know my wife wouldn't mind me saying this, you know, it's, you know, I think the most difficult part has been, you know, changing, trying to change habits in the house and stuff because, you know, if you are, are like a family and then one person decides to take an offshoot and it, in a way they sort of drag the other person with them because of the nature of like family cooking and stuff so to me that's been the most difficult part even though she's really supportive and stuff but I sort of keep want to keep pushing her to say you know like but in a very respectful way you know to say like come on now like don't be putting that milk in your tea and all but she's she's adamant you know but so there's this kind of underlying sort of stress not stress like but <laughs> i just wish she would make the same choices that i make but she doesn't and i respect her for that but i also can't stop harassing her <laughs> yeah you're like the, you're like a microcosm of what this whole business is because it's like you know you've got your own choices you've got your own values but you live with somebody with different choices and different values and you can either learn to live with each other and respect each other's choices for that you know, and eventually over a period of time say, well, why don't you try this vegetable chili and why don't you try this vegetable curry and things like that. And they go, oh, that's quite nice. That's like what our entire business is built on. You know, it's like, you know, yeah. you look after look after yeah. your own dietary needs and things like that, but you yeah. don't judge other people for theirs. Like yesterday, you know? for example, um, I had some nice organic, organic hummus and uh, I couldn't get her to taste it. <laughs> She's never had it before and she wouldn't taste it. She says it looked like mayonnaise. <laughs> So the, the level of irrationality that I have to deal with is huge. 
This is going to be me in a couple of months because my partner and I are moving together and he's a massive meat eater. Okay. I swear to God, he has a, at least one portion of meat every day. Yeah. And I just sometimes look at his plate shaking my hand <laughs> going, oh my God, you don't need to eat it. So I'm slowly pushing him towards at least meat-free Mondays. And I do have to say that in the past year, he has come to love and my cooking, although sometimes he will throw a piece of chicken or a piece of fish <laughs> in my vegetarian yeah. curry. Yeah. But um, when I take him somewhere to have vegan food, he actually loves it. And the first time we came here after you guys opened, he absolutely, I can't remember what he had. I think it was your Ethiopian stew, stew yeah. but he absolutely loved it. And, and he's been asking me to come back again <laughs> and again. So. You're my hope. <laughs> you have to convince him that he doesn't have to eat meat. But talking about that, I, I do have to say that when I when we came here, the place was absolutely crammed, and it had a real kind of family feel spirit. As you said, I noticed people talking across tables. Yeah, it's brilliant. Strangers. It, it was amazing. Yeah. And. Um, you have an anniversary coming up very soon. We do, we do, November 1st. Um, world, we opened last year on World Vegan Day. And yeah, this November 1st will be our, our one year anniversary of, of business from the, the previous one to this one, including. So yeah, it's very exciting, very exciting. We'll have our new menu launches um, on that day as well. And we're currently finalizing the plans for the uh, World Vegan Day. Uh, but we're certainly that our view is we want to try and extend it throughout the whole month as much as possible so we're trying to what kind of offer promotion type thing can we do every single day for the month so again if you like something on one day maybe you'll come back two days later maybe you'll come back three days later and try something different and try something different who knows maybe by the end of the month they'll be like well, I don't need meat anymore you know who knows who knows but that's the uh, that's the view but still still finalizing the last few last few pieces of it yeah. are there any new awesome extra surprises that you could share with me because we are recording this podcast before your anniversary but it won't be released till a couple of days after so yeah your secret is safe with me yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there anything you could well, share <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you something that we are we are going to do for the first time and it's been asked for for a year um, and we are <laughs> so, so small, but it's actually a big, big thing. Is we're actually going to start doing sweet potato fries. <laughs> it's, it sounds crazy, but the amount of people who have come in wanting the burger and loving the burger and the salad and things like that, they're going like, you know, why, why don't you do chips? You know, why don't you do sweet potato fries? And I have no idea why I've been so reluctant to do it. Um, because fried food is not healthy. <laughs> know, but, uh, no, but we do soul food too. You know, it's. We have, um, one thing I found before we even opened was if you're super passionate about what you do, super passionate about veganism, especially when you first start, and you're off the back of all these documentaries and you're like, just want to talk about, tell everybody about this and about this and about this, you know, and you, you, you hope to be infectious in the way and your friends start saying, do you know what, actually you're right, you know, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that, and you think this is great, win-win. And then you see them like three weeks later and you go, how are you getting on? You go, oh, well, we tried, but we stopped. We tried, you know, and it's like quite sad. And they're, oh, I really missed uh, cheese and I really missed burgers and, you know, or chicken curry on a Friday night. 
and that really dictated how our menu started because what we said was we need to do the foods that people are going to miss so whenever they say I'm going to uh, you know they don't have to miss curry they don't have to miss a great burger they don't have to miss that this and that um, we can show them if they want to how to make it how to do it how easy it can be as long as you get your prep work done um, to help people who make a difficult choice to start off with well how do you help them continue on that pathway you know and if you if someone turns vegan and they come into a, a vegan establishment and really what are they going to get offered you know um, say they're only going to get offered salads and bitables and things like that it's really off-putting to a lot of people who are used to eating you know burgers and whatever and fish and chips and that type of stuff so we really have to make sure that we have a food here that's gonna that's easily relatable to people who have just decided to stop eating meat even just for a day you'll see it you'll see it you'll probably see it with your partner you know you go out for something to eat you know and you're you're gonna have a big massive bit of bowl and he's like scarred through the menu going like what am I gonna have what am I gonna have you know and you know if there's a vegetarian burger on it or something like that the amount of places I've went to and the only thing you can have is this horrible little burger that's obviously to get eight for a pound in Iceland or something like this here you know and it's like seven pound ninety five and you just wanna you just wanna hang yourself you know it's like why can't you just give me something good something nourishing um, so yeah that, that, that really informed us about what sort of our menu choices was and then when we went into tray bakes and buns and cakes and things with a choice you know we're going to go for like super healthy protein balls and bliss balls and real nut based things and we'll always have that as an option but 80% of our tray bakes are just soul food you know they're just like oh my god it's lovely they bring it home and they'll have it during X Factor and things like that whatever um and that's what people respond to. That's what people want. You know, people miss having a 15, they miss having a caramel square. You know, it's our job to try and make these things relatable to what they had before, but what they miss, so they don't miss it anymore. Who has the biggest input into your menu, or how do you, do you share 50, do you both have an input into your menu? Do yes. you both develop the recipes? How does it work? Uh, well, we, we both work on the menu with um, Levente, our chef. So we, we understand where we're coming from, we understand what our um, skill set is and we'd sit down with Levante and we'll say, okay, this is what, we'll, we'll sit down and say, this is what we would like to do. Uh, but then from a kitchen point of view, he has to come with his knowledge, but he's also got to come from a practical point of view. You know, it's like you can't, he has to do things, we have a very small kitchen here, so he, he, we have to create a menu that that will work within the space, but also be as creative as possible. Um, so we might say we want A, B, and C, but then the vendor will be like, no. <laughs> How about we do this instead? You know, and uh, I have to say, like, he, he hasn't got it wrong once. You know, he really hasn't, he hasn't got it wrong once. You know, he, that's his knowledge, that's his skill. You know, and you How have did to you find to your, your chef, or is it your staff? How do you find your staff? Generally, we always advertise out. Uh, we now have a team of 12, I think we're taking on two more in the next two weeks. And it's okay when you first start, you sort of want to be surrounded by vegans when you're a very small nucleus and there's only four people. But once you get past that, you realize, well, hold on, that's not the knowledge base that you need. You know, you need to be, you need people here who aren't vegan, you need people here who are vegetarian, you need people here who are plant-based, uh, you need people coming in here who will just eat whatever they want. Um, because it's 
the people who work here, it's not their dietary choices. There's Jay behind us, and he, he's not vegetarian or vegan, um, but he can certainly explain what our menu is and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, we're the honest vegan. Sometimes we'll have two burgers on, and a, a, a young guy who works with us, Ethan, was over speaking to a customer and uh, customer said what's a burgers and he goes well we have this today and we have that today and the customer's like oh I don't really know and he's like well don't go for that one I don't like it go for the go for this one it's really really good this type of stuff and he walked past me a few minutes later and I was like Ethan did you just tell one of the customers not to buy something and he goes well you know it's the honest vegan so we have to be honest and I was like you know what you're absolutely right you're absolutely right so uh, Recruitment-wise, it comes down to the best person for the job. It doesn't come down to um, whether you're you're vegan or not. You know. One of the things I really like about your cafe is that you avoid allergy and dietary requirements. Where first and foremost, it's the law. You know, you have to you have to know. Um, there, but there, you know, we, we still have situations where you know we don't probably have enough gluten options on the menu, and that's what we're really aggressively going after. Um, with the with the new menu launches, introduced some uh, more fun gluten free options that we currently have, um, but we can't. I say you know as we talk, we talked about this at the start. You know originally we were thinking about going all gluten free at the start, and uh, that was again that's me being an excitable bunny. But then the pragmatic logical thing is you know you, you you've got a very small kitchen, you know, and you can't do what we want to do and then also do all gluten free at the same time, you know. Because if you want to be really truly gluten free, you just you can't take the risk. I think what, what you experienced when it comes to vegan choices and going and eating at other places, I have experienced uh, with gluten in the same way that you yeah. sometimes go to a restaurant and, and uh, they offer you a soup with, with a stock cube that has gluten in it. <laughs> and you ask them, you know, how is the stock made? Where did you get the stock? Is there gluten in it? They just look at you like, uh, does it have to do with the soup? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's I totally feel your vegan yeah. pain. <laughs> it's not uh, it you know and it's tiresome for your friends that come out and eat with you as well and they're like why are you being such a weirdo and all this type of stuff and you, know, you feel like you constantly got to go back and explain yourself over and over and over again and it just gets dull. You know, just dull. Yeah. You got some busy server who's running around trying to you know cater for twenty five tables and suddenly you're the one that's you know, you feel like you're holding them back and ask them the awkward questions and... Like. It's not a nice way to feel as well, because I, I often... I stopped actually going out pretty much because I hate to feel like I'm holding somebody behind or I'm, I'm, I'm being the difficult person. And, yeah. But I do have to say it's becoming easier and a lot uh, more and more places are aware and willing to oh, take yeah. the time and cater for you. But that's why I love coming to places like yours because it's really easy. Yeah, and we, I mean, I know quite a few restaurant owners and all they ever say is if, if a group of vegans are common or vegetarians are common or if you've gluten-free um, considerations, just always ring ahead. Always just give them a call ahead because then they can prepare, you know, get something ready for you. So it's not a big shock to their system when they say well I can't have this and I can't have that and suddenly in the middle of a busy service I've got to go and try and find something if you do have the opportunity to ring ahead it's always a good idea avoids disappointment to you because they get to say well we don't have anything what are your plans for the future is what I'd like to know so we talked about your anniversary mm -hmm. do you have any distant future plans for the honest vegan well um, 
you know, as related to the last thing we discussed there, um, when you're out and about, it's very hard to get your hands on some food, ultimately. You know, all the establishments that you go to, they're using butter in the sandwiches or this, that and the other. So it's the, although we said we weren't on a crusade, you know, I can certainly get excited about a crusade that says, you know, we want to distribute our food, you know, widely, so that when people are out and about in various little towns and cities across our province or Ireland, um, you know, they can't have access to vegan food. You know, vegan takeaway, plant-based. You know, why can't we be out there? You know, as um, as a choice for people, basically just to give people the choice because they don't have the choice. It's either eat nuts or yeah, eat nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. And, and with the amount of people having nut allergies, this is a particularly yeah, great yeah, yeah, bring your own water. It's like you did today. Just bring your own juice. But yeah, I mean, we 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 currently supply a number of universities um, for their um, outsourcing in their canteens and things like that. And that's something that we've been contacted now by a number of other uh, universities wanting us to move in with them as well. So again, it just comes down to time, resources, infrastructure, and that, that's that's what. A big part of our, our plan is moving forward is how to facilitate that because not everybody can get here so you've got to find a way to bring it to them you know and that's something that we're going to be trying to do you know michael's he's very 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 helpful involved in that, that part of it so um, that sounds great yeah we don't want we don't want an empire we said we said that at the start and we just that's not who we are you know, we don't want to have like a hundred domino pizza shops across, you know, Northern Ireland or the UK. We want to do, we want to stay small, but we want to do it well. And, and that's kind of where we want. You know, we want to come to work in our own business every day, just in an environment that we want to be in. You know, that's kind of enough for us. That's a really nice plan. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm looking works. forward to grabbing some takeaway <laughs> well, somewhere yes. sometime. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All my guests are going to be sharing a, a little of their food. I'm going to ask each of you, what is your favourite vegetable? Do you have a favourite vegetable? I do. Definitely peppers. They're just so juicy. Any like, peppers? Well, just bell peppers, I'm thinking. Straight off the bat, like, but, um, you know, just like slicing those and just eating them as slices. They're just so juicy and it's just an amazing thing. So I was actually going to ask you, do you have a recipe that you would like to share involving peppers? Yeah, I had a substantial amount of this yesterday. Um, basically you get like, uh, what do you call those? You know the wraps you would make a burrito in? There's a name for those? I've just forgotten. Wraps? Uh, wraps, right, okay, right. Wholemeal wraps, um, buttered with hummus, um, layer of spinach, maybe one or two slices of tomato, and then lots of lengths of pepper, green pepper, whatever, and then get some falafel balls and then half them and then set them on top, wrap it all up. Eat, I could definitely eat three or four of those in one, in one go like. And you're getting loads of spinach, you're getting loads of pepper. It's basically a spinach and pepper delivery mechanism and I highly recommend it. Oh wow, <laughs> that sounds like a really nice um, alternative to sandwich actually. The Fusion, what's your favorite vegetable? Uh, at the minute we have, at home, rather than us having a movie night and sort of the go-to thing years ago would have been like getting popcorn and this type of stuff. So we've been sort of trying to work out a way to get around not using popcorn. And 
but also the, the satisfy the munchie and the dami beans seems to be the go-to one now so uh, we get that by them frozen in their pods and then you get the wok and you get your ginger and your uh, sauce and brown sugar and you caramelize it all down and you boil up the dami beans till in their pods and then you drain them throw them into the wok and you just coat them in this beautiful sauce and take them out put them into a big bowl have an empty bowl beside it you get the dami bean in the pod pop it into your mouth pop pop beans pop into your mouth but you're getting the flavor of the sauce off the skin of the top of the bean and it's just incredible it's just honest to god it's just incredible you end up fighting for the last three or four pods at the bottom of it you know and if people put if he puts like an empty pot into the the pot of the full ones and you know, there's like a big debate starts it's like why can't you just put it in the right one because you think you're actually going to get one but there's nothing in it so um for like a, a sweet healthy protein based snack you don't you wouldn't miss popcorn it's absolutely amazing it does sound good it's great although i won't be able to try it because i can't eat sugar unfortunately but oh. i will try i will try it yeah well maybe there's a way around it maybe there's a way around it i can it. use stevia but thanks for your recipes i'm definitely i'm gonna try there I'll, I'll get my partner to try your edamame <laughs> <laughs> you know honestly they're great they just you would you won't you couldn't be disappointed at them getting off the popcorn yeah yeah bars of chocolate, the Milky Ways, and the, the energy crash about 8 o'clock at night. What do you do about it? Well, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very thank much you for, for coming. Thank you for coming. You're doing an absolutely fantastic thing. You know, starting up a podcast, I guess it's tough, you know, and it's, it's incredible. It really is. Well, if you ever feel the need to spread the word about your food and veganism, you can always come on again. Oh, brilliant, and yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to popping in again sometime soon as well some really healthy and lunch so thank you very much you're welcome thank you thank you so um that was john and michael from the honest vegan and guys if you want to go to honest vegan you can find them on facebook i believe there is some menu sharing and news sharing so mm -hmm. pop onto facebook visit the honest vegan pop onto lisbon road because you have to try the food thank you very much thank you, very much. Thank you. if you want to know more about the honest vegan you can find them on facebook or go to thehonestvegan.co.uk and if you fancy going out for a good vegan meal with a taste of home, do pop onto Lisbon Road, pop into that little Honest Vegan Cafe, say hi to Michael and John and you can celebrate the year of their little cafe by having a portion of the sweet potato fries, their new anniversary addition to their already quite big vegan menu. You can download Michael's and John's recipes on the Sweet Spots Facebook page and I can honestly tell you that the wraps are amazing. I haven't tried the edamame beans yet, but I made the wraps and I actually made it with homemade sweet potato wraps. I found the recipe online and the link is on the Sweet Spots Facebook page. So go and try it. And if you missed the first episode of this podcast, you can listen to it on the Sweet Spot channel at soundcloud.com. And you can also find it on iTunes now. And that's it for me. Um, have a great two weeks. Go and try some plant-based food. Or even better, go and make some plant-based food. And more importantly... Stay healthy. Bye.
Your host was myself, Susanna, the author of The Sweet Spot. Music has been provided by Mark J. Adair of Synchro Studios and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan of Gemma O'Hagan Design. Thank you for listening.